Hello and welcome to NC State's Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peek. You may have heard about the recent peanut butter recall issued by the CDC in response to an outbreak of salmonella. And this is not the first time that delicious snack has suffered a recall. We're speaking today with Ellen Shoemaker, an Extension Associate and the Director of Outreach for Safe Plates at NC State, about what's up with our peanut butter. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you. Let's talk about whether peanut butter gets contaminated or recalled more often than other foods, um, or whether that's a misconception. You know, I did a really non-scientific Google search because it just seems like I hear about peanut butter a lot. Um, And I found recall stories almost yearly, going back to like 2007. So is this a thing that peanut butter tends to get I guess, contaminated easily? Yeah, so we can maybe talk about recalls a little broadly here first. So recalls happen for a few reasons. And the first and probably the most common reason is misbranding of allergens, mislabeling of a product. Um, Second is physical contamination. So that's something like glass, plastic, um, particles actually getting into a food. And then the third, which is what we're going to focus on today, is microbiological contamination. And so we've known there's been a risk of salmonella in peanut butter for a long time, but in 2007, it really served as a wake-up call for the industry. So there were two back-to-back outbreaks that occurred really close together. So there was one in 2007 with uh, Peter Pan, and then followed by pretty closely afterwards in 2009 with PCA products. And that really was a you know a, a wake up call for the industry and before that there really wasn't very much focus related to risk reduction so thinking about risks on the farm as well as in the manufacturing facility but as a result of those outbreaks there became much more focus on validating the roasting process Um, on the sanitation process, trying to pinpoint where salmonella was getting contaminated, both on the farm and in the facilities, and trying to control um, for for those occurrences. And after those outbreaks, the FDA came out and issued guidance to facilities to really to try to provide recommendations to them. Um, So some of those included really trying to validate their suppliers to make sure that their suppliers are doing as much validation as they can. Um, And then looking at their own manufacturing processes to make sure that they're doing as much risk reduction as they can. And that brings to mind sort of a a separate question. So salmonella contamination can happen at any point during the process of production. Um, For some reason, and maybe this is just because of the way the news is presented, I always assume that it's something with the factory but it could be coming in from the farm as well? Yeah, so contamination could happen a few ways here, and it'll be really interesting in this in this outbreak to see what FDA ultimately reveals in their investigation report, because they're currently trying to look into what could be the source right now. Um, so it's possible that peanuts could get contaminated before they come to the facility, so on the farm. Um, and that it could also be happening in the facility itself through cross-contamination through equipment if the facility is not being well-maintained. So that's actually something that we saw in the past, that there was environmental contamination in the plant. And that was actually migrating to the product through cross-contamination, leaks, um, movement through the, through the plant, and then just poor cleaning and sanitizing procedures. I guess in situations like with peanut butter specifically, what and for a microbiological recall, 
Um, what is the most likely contaminant to happen? Is it always salmonella? Is salmonella just, you know, suspect number one? In all of these all the time? Yeah, so salmonella is the main pathogen we're concerned about here, and that's for a few reasons. So um, because it can be in the field or the processing environment, you're really having to watch that whole farm-to-fork um, you know, continuum. Um, and it has the ability to survive in very low-moisture environments like peanut butter. And it also, because peanut butter in itself is a fatty food, that acts as a protective um, agent for the salmonella. Um, and then when we think about peanut butter as well, and why this um, recall has been expanding a bit is that you know peanut butter is contained in a lot of foods and so in this in this case it started with just the peanut butter being recalled but then as we started to see more food products were being recalled that contained that peanut butter something else you have to think about with peanut butter is that it has such a long shelf life and so health officials are really trying to get the word out about this peanut butter because it could be sitting on someone's shelf for a long time so it's not something like a fresh produce or you know a, a fresh item that might go bad after a few weeks and people are it's moving through a household quickly right and i didn't even think about the peanut butter that would be in all the other foods like i rushed to grab my can of my little jar of jiff and it was fine but I, oh wow yeah peanut butter Peanut butter is everywhere. Yes. It is ubiquitous. <laughs> yes. It is important that our peanut butter is clean. Um, so can you walk us through a little bit about how and, you know, how this kind of contamination can happen or why, like, what, where is the salmonella coming from? How does it get introduced mm -hmm. into the process? Yeah, so there are a few different ways that really it could happen here, and that's why, you know, FDA recommended so many measures to really try to keep an eye on it from the farm all the way to the facility. And so it's possible that the peanuts are getting contaminated themselves on, in the field. Um, and something to keep in mind is that if peanuts are contaminated before they're roasting on the farm, roasting can actually create um, heat tolerant salmonella. So that's that's a concern there. Um, but if contamination is not happening on the farm, it could also be happening in the facility itself through equipment, through a leak, like we've talked about a little bit already. And so that's what we've seen in the past. And so that's why cleaning and sanitizing of the equipment and making sure that the, the facility itself is, is well-maintained, frequent inspections, all those types of things um, are, are you know controlled for. The salmonella like peanut plants, like how is it getting onto or into the peanut is it from little critters running through the farm is it you know fecal matter like how is that transmitted it could be all of those ways okay. so it's yeah i mean it could be transmitted through you know through a variety of of methods and getting um you know it's it's on the field and just gets to the to the peanut and then because it likes that low moisture environment it can really survive for a long period of time the heat tolerant salmonella is this is this a real thing like have we encountered the heat resistant or the heat tolerant salmonella in the past is that i, I believe so that okay. i think that's where they have kind of came into the realization that they've done studies where um if salmonella was present um on the, the peanut itself after roasting there were some um you know salmonella that remains um, that then demonstrated that heat tolerance. Okay. So when we're cleaning the equipment, do they use high temperatures sometimes to sterilize? Is that, so it's, would that create a problem? So, and, yeah, and that's where they really started to explore a lot of different ways to clean and sanitize. Okay. Um, yeah, that's that's where they were really trying to, to look for a variety of methods to avoid that. Yeah, I don't want my peanut butter to inadvertently create super salmonella <laughs> yes. that no one can eradicate. That would be terrible. 
how much salmonella um, would have to be present in, say, a jar of peanut butter to make somebody sick? So it really as little as a few cells is enough to make someone sick. And when, when I think about peanut butter especially, too, I think about the people who are eating peanut butter the most. And a lot of times that's, that's young kids under the age of five, and they are also at higher risk for foodborne illness. And so um, that's, that's something we're also concerned about is just the fact that there are certain groups of people who are at higher risk for foodborne illness. Um, and so when you, when you have even a small number of cells, that's enough to make them sick. So we think about young kids, elderly populations, pregnant women, and other folks who may be immunocompromised. Right. And once the salmonella is in the peanut butter, let's say it, it managed to elude everything and it's just in there, is it dormant? Does it continue to reproduce? Is the peanut butter a happy place for the salmonella to be? So it's it's happy enough where it's surviving and it can survive for long periods of time. And that in and of itself is enough to make someone sick. So it's not necessarily growing, but it is surviving. I was going to ask if it could continue to grow even in sealed jars, but it doesn't have to. If right. just what got in there can live, right. that's enough to and make that's, people that's, sick. That's all it takes. Um, I know this cannot be a surprise to manufacturers, like you said, since the 2007 Peter Pan outbreak. And that's the one I was thinking about mm -hmm. um, because, unfortunately, my uncle had a jar of the peanut butter, didn't hear the thing about the recall, got sick, mm. didn't realize it was salmonella, and then the only thing he could tolerate to eat when he started feeling better was peanut, peanut butter. butter. Oh, no. Yeah. So he had like back-to-back -back illness. But I know this can't be a surprise to manufacturers. So what do they do on their end to try to prevent contamination like this? Yeah. So it goes back to those best practices that the FDA recommended and that, that the industry, you know, realized that they really need to incorporate for, for themselves. And so really going back to looking at their suppliers and the suppliers that they um, that source their ingredients to make sure that those um, validated procedures are in place to reduce contamination, um, making sure that their own manufacturing processes are effective at reducing contamination. There are other, um, you know, there's testing that they can do, but really making sure that they're not just relying on negative tests to make sure that, um, to, to validate those procedures. So it's really examining the whole process from what the ingredients might um, might be experiencing or, or might the condition that they're in before they arrive at their facility through the whole process of their production until the product leaves their leaves their facility. And finally, as a consumer, um, what can we do to make sure that we're alerted to these things? Because usually the information will come out, but you know, I don't always watch the local news. Yeah, so in some cases, I know there were folks who were contacted from their um, the the grocery store that they might have bought the the peanut butter from. I know, so I had contaminated peanut butter on my shelves, and I wasn't contacted. So I'm not which, sure which which retailers were doing that. There are other recalls alerts that you can sign up for um, through through USDA and other consumer age, uh, you know food food agencies to get alerted, and then just kind of trying to keep an eye out for for those things, especially for the products that you know you have on your on your shelves. Right. Um, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you wanted to add about this particular situation? Um, no, I mean, I think we I think we covered it all just knowing that it's it is complicated and it could have been introduced in a lot of different ways. So it'll be really interesting to see what um, FDA finds in their investigation. Yeah, I'll definitely stay tuned for that. Peanut butter is near and dear to my heart, even yes. though I am not a child under five. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
We have been speaking today with Ellen Shoemaker, an Extension Associate and the Director of Outreach for Safe Plates at NC State. This has been Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peake. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.